Hello human, how's it going? My name is Vivi MJ. I am a professional certified dog trainer and a family dog mediator. Welcome to your Soul Dog Podcast, where we come together to change our vibrational frequency in this universe and become better humans to ourselves, each other, and our dogs. This podcast is for you if you want to improve your relationship with your dog or other people, regardless of whether you have a dog or not. In this podcast, I take you on a spiritual journey, exploring why we are here and how we can improve and heal our relationships with our dogs, our own self and other humans. It all starts with our ego. Magic happens when we realize that all we ever want, we have to create from within. And when we consciously change our own behavior in a positive way, everyone else starts to match our frequency. How's it going? Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I talk about my first dog, my soul dog, Rufus, a miniature schnauzer whom I lost in 2017 at the age of 11. Rufus was my greatest, or should I say first, animal teacher in life, and the reason I later became a professional dog trainer. I want to share this story with you because it's a great example of how your dog can be your greatest teacher if you're willing to open your heart and hear what he has to say. Before I begin, I would like to take a moment to connect with you. This is my sixth episode of this podcast and to expand my reach to benefit as many people as possible. I hope you will help me spread the word about this episode and about the podcast. My quest is to wake us all up from our ego slumber, to become better humans, to connect with our own soul and our dog's soul, and to be who our dogs deserve and need. I cannot do this alone, which is why I can't thank you enough for helping me spread the word. If you're listening on Spotify, you can help me and others by leaving a comment in the show notes, letting others know how this episode may be helpful or inspiring to them as well. I thank you so much for your support. Your dog thanks you too. Now let's dive in and explore the topic of this episode. First, a little background info. Unlike most dog trainers, I actually got my first dog late in life while I was in my 30s. 
As a kid, I had begged my parents again and again for a dog, but they said no. So I remember imagining I had a dog and pretending I was walking my dog. I did this for quite some time. You see, as a kid, I was never bored. I had a great imagination and could preoccupy myself for hours in my room or outdoors. Anyway, my parents eventually gave in to me wanting a pet. So I got a cat and continued to have cats into adulthood as well. I loved cats. And the irony is that as a kid, as much as I had wanted a dog, I was actually attacked by two different German shepherds. The first was my friend's dog at around the age of eight. We were playing in his yard with his German shepherd, and at one point I pulled the dog's tail, because this is something kids do for fun sometimes, right? The dog, of course, turned around and bit me in the face. I still have a scar from his tooth on my forehead. I had to go to the ER, but I was lucky that nothing worse happened. It was entirely my fault. The second German Shepherd lived halfway up the road on the way to visit my best friend from school. She and I lived on the same road. I would walk up to her house, probably a 15-minute walk or so for a kid. One day, halfway, this German shepherd came lunging out at me from his house onto the street, nipping at my jeans around the angle and pulling at them, from what I remember at least. I was terrified and probably screamed. I cannot recollect if I had done anything to cause the dog to attack, but who knows? Perhaps from the dog's perspective, I was misbehaving, coming from out of nowhere. Maybe he or she was just out sniffing and I disturbed the status quo. I'm not sure. Luckily, the dog only pulled at my jeans, and as far as I remember, his teeth did not touch my skin. But after that, I was always scared going past that house and would stop and wait, listening for the dog, before passing and then running for a while, always afraid the dog would come after me. Why was I walking to a friend's house, you may ask? This was in my home country of Denmark, where it's absolutely normal for kids to walk themselves or ride a bike to school or elsewhere. This was also in the 1970s, I may add. As a result of these two incidents... I was scared of dogs, especially German Shepherds, for many years thereafter. Or any bigger dog, for that matter. I remember a teacher in school invited the whole class to her home, and her boxer kept standing over me in the chair I was sitting, drooling all over my legs. Ew! 
I never petted the dog and just hoped it would go away. But he seemed perfectly happy staying right there next to me. Perhaps this dog could sense something about me that I would have never imagined back then. That I was one day going to become a dog trainer. As an adult in my late 20s, I remember a Yorkie barking and lunging at me in someone's yard and how I ran out of there hot in my throat and a pit mix running up to me as I was getting on my bicycle. It was like he came out of nowhere and I was petrified and started shouting at the poor dog in the hope that this would make him go away. Honestly, I think he just wanted me to pet him. But my childhood fear of dogs was now more and more cemented, and I decided from then on I never wanted a dog, that I didn't even like them. Until, in my late 30s, I married someone who loved dogs. And we decided to get a miniature schnauzer. We named him Rufus. Rufus was a black schnauzer. We got him as a puppy at 10 weeks old. We went to his birth home to see all the puppies and before choosing him from the litter. I remember holding this tiny puppy in my arms how he completely melted my heart from the get-go. They were all so adorable playing together, and I couldn't wait to bring Rufus home. Here I was at the age of 39, deciding I loved dogs after all. But I didn't really know much about dogs. I knew we should take him to puppy classes. Having studied psychology in my early 20s in London, I remember reading about Karen Pryor and clicker training. And so we took Rufus to a puppy class where clicker training was used. I don't know that we fully understood the concept of when to click. Although we somehow managed to teach Rufus to sit with the clicker. Although in hindsight, I'm not sure we were using the clicker and reinforcement wrong. Or maybe this was just not for Rufus. We tried to take him to the next level, but that didn't work out very well for him either. He only got 17 points out of 100 in the final test. Either we were terrible trainers or Rufus just didn't want to be trained. Or maybe it was something we were doing. At least I know I was not doing things right for sure. My first dog. I was so excited about taking this little puppy for a walk because that's what you do with dogs, right? Take them for a walk. Little did I know that at the time that puppies do their own thing and often they don't want to walk 
or they stop and sit or lay down or refuse to walk in the direction you are intending or just refuse to walk, period. This was Rufus. If he could have spoken my language, he would have probably said something like, Hey lady, I'm not going anywhere. You seem to be in a hurry. Well, guess what? I am not. I'm just going to sit here and sit until I will sit no more. You got it? And yes, if I feel like it, I will put that stick or that stone over there in my mouth. If you need to be somewhere, just go on. I like it right here. I tried everything I had to get this puppy to walk, to just move. I spent an enormous amount of frustrated energy and Rufus could sense it. I am not proud to say that I tried to pull and jerk at the leash, manipulate his body, etc. And finally just picked him up and carried him home. This was not what I expected. It turned out that it was not just puppy behavior in Rufus. He did things his own way. He was never in a hurry to go anywhere. He would stop every few steps to sniff and indulge or look at what someone was doing in a driveway and so on. Never once back then did I have a clue what to do other than trying to pull at the leash and get extremely frustrated with him. I think I did try to bring a tennis ball to entice him to run after that. But Rufus was not having it. This was his walk, not mine. He loved the ball at home, but not here. Not on a walk, woman. What are you thinking? I have had four miniature schnauzers in total. And Rufus was not at all like a terrier. He was completely unique, very calm overall, and just not in a hurry to do life. Quite opposite to my two American schnauzers I have now who can't wait to get to the next smell and then the next smell after that. Back then, of course, I was not a dog trainer. But even if I had been, I honestly don't think training was for him. Now, being a family dog mediator, I have other tools I have learned to use. And probably some of those would have worked better and made more sense to Rufus. He was my mirror at the time. A mirror I badly needed, I realize now. He showed me how my behavior towards him when I was frustrated was completely inappropriate. But he, of course, forgave my mistakes, as dogs do. I was always in a hurry when I had to walk him, especially after I got divorced and moved into an apartment. I wanted Rufus because despite all my shortcomings, he was the one who was most attached to me. Rufus and I had a special bond. Our other dog, Baloo, also a schnauzer, 
was most attached to my ex, so Rufus moved in with me. Luckily, my ex and I were on fairly good terms and would take the two dogs walking in nature together so they saw each other often. Rufus walked better whenever we went walking in the woods where he could be off-leash, although he still sometimes took his time sniffing, stopping for longer than Baloo. I was less frustrated on those walks, usually because I was not in a rush to get ready for work or just come back from work at night, feeling tired having to walk him. We had moved from a house with a yard into a small apartment, so so he had to have at least three walks a day. I did notice how on those days when I was off work and thereby in less of a hurry, that walks were much more enjoyable for us both. But for the longest time, I would get frustrated when he would stay too long in one spot. He sensed it and would put his brakes on. Looking back, I wish I had the knowledge, skills and tools I have now, but I did realize back then that Rufus had it all right and I had it all wrong. This was his walk his only chance to indulge, his moment to experience, to smell and just be. He taught me that I needed to be more patient and understanding. He used to have his yard to enjoy and now he only had these walks every day. It wasn't just on his walks he was my teacher. Just generally watching him, how he enjoyed sitting in the sun on my small balcony, how he loved to cuddle. He was a very sensitive dog, a feeling dog, if you will, who taught me that every moment should be enjoyed. There is no need to be in hurry for anything. He clearly knew things I didn't know. He was my first soul dog and my greatest teacher, and I so regret how I behaved towards him although he clearly loved me and forgave me. Rufus was my first dog, and special because of that. He was generous and kind and a policeman with other dogs who would step in between them if there was a scuffle. For the most part, they respected that. He was very gentle, calm, and well-behaved in all settings, even if he didn't receive any formal training and only knew how to sit on cue. He was very picky with treats. He loved cuddles from humans and would lay in my arms to nap on the couch together. He loved being outside. He reminded me of a cow in the field, just standing or laying down, chewing, enjoying every tiny sniff, examining every inch of every flower, appreciating the subtleties in life. He didn't benefit from my dog behavior knowledge or training skills, but he didn't have any behavior issues. 
I was the one with my behavior and lack of understanding and patience for his needs on walks. Who could have potentially damaged my relationship with him? Luckily, our bond was very strong, even if there was tension between us on walks. All because of me. A lot of my frustration had to do with what was going on inside me as well. Naturally, going through a divorce and having a long-distance relationship with an American on the other side of the world was hard emotionally. This is what I've talked about in previous episodes. How our emotions affect our dogs as well, not just our human kids. If you are having a tough time, be it work-related or personal, try to think about and watch how your dog behaves and reacts to you. If you easily get frustrated or stressed, your dog will mirror your emotions and behavior for the most part. If you're calm and relaxed in a situation, your dog will remain more calm. Your dog looks to you for cues on how to handle things. If you're playing with him and are acting excitedly, your dog does the same. If you're talking to him in a harsh voice, your dog may react by either looking scared, cower, or by barking, depending on the context. By consciously changing our body language and behavior in a positive way, we help our dogs relax and feel safe. I will talk much more about that as well in future episodes. I hope you found this episode inspiring. I would truly appreciate if you would give the show a rating, download and support this podcast. Follow me on social media. Connect with me. Let me know if what I talk about resonates with you. If you have any questions or what you would like me to talk about. Sharing your thoughts and feelings about the podcast helps me improve and think about what I can do better. I want to expand my reach and make this the number one podcast for dog parents and anyone wanting to become a better human. I can only grow this podcast with your help, comments and support. And I cannot thank you enough for helping me spread the word about the podcast. If you're looking for one-on-one help with your dog, reach out to me. I offer comprehensive behavior programs and consultations and upcoming courses. Get ready to develop a whole new relationship with yourself, your dog and other people through understanding, compassion, presence and love. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this to be inspiring. I can't wait to talk to you next time.